So you're ready to change your life? You're ready for a second chance? You're ready to bring true purpose and meaning to yourself and others? Well, welcome home. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome back. I'm Jet Lachey, volunteer turned solopreneur. I'm known by a few to get the bag and I get it quietly. And welcome back to the Organize Your Purpose podcast, a place to talk inspiration, logistics, balancing life, them coins, honey, and paying attention to advice along the way. Today, we have a very special segment. We're going to be talking about making your own luck. Yes, honey, with all this Saturn and Aquarius energy, it is talking about pulling the destiny you want into your life, bringing the future that you want into your life. And you have to do that through Saturn ways, which is discipline. Hello, how disciplined are you? Now, I feel like the saying goes that luck is when um, opportunity meets preparation, meaning you want something so bad, you're trying to connect yourself with the energy, but yet you do that everyday task that you need to do to make sure that you are equipped to handle the opportunity when it comes to you. Because if you don't, if you're just hoping, dreaming, and wishing, but you're not taking any action to sharpen your tool, when the opportunity presents itself, you might feel scared out your fucking mind. Seriously, because you don't know how to do it. So making your own luck is all about, all about, all about, all about just staying consistent with whatever it is you want, working towards that, and believing that the opportunity will show up. So much of life is really our mental discipline. Literally, the way that we think can change our relationships with others, can change our motivation in life, really impacts our mental health, emotional health, all of these things. Just even the term gaslighting, if you're familiar with that term, it it, it comes from a movie in which the person was changing the flame on um, the candle and making this woman go insane because she thought it was higher or she thought it was lower. And that's what this person was was doing in order to control what this person is thinking. Now, there are confusing fucking situations that happen on a day-to-day basis, a lot of excuses being made. We saw that in numerous ways. You see that when people make excuses about being prejudiced of any kind, especially when it comes to systemic things. Like you see excuses all the time. It makes no fucking sense. Um, You're being gaslighted in that moment. But having that happen to a person, particularly in areas in which they are the marginalized identity, starts to wear and tear at a person. Just wearing and tearing to the point where motivation can feel difficult or a person might feel like I'm just unlucky no not at all sometimes solitude is a great thing I do it myself there are times where I uh, close my books in order to be able to work on myself to have the break that I need to be able to learn something new about myself I'm learning stuff every day to do the work of just showing up and being like okay this is a fresh new start you know Um, going at it every day and just being the same person I don't feel like is enough for me you know I, I hope to continue to change over and over and over and over again in this life just to be able to feel like you know when it's time for me to transition on to my next path that I was like fuck yeah I live this life 
hell yeah, I live this shit. That's how I want to feel each and every day. So back into luck. We're going to have a conversation later on um, with our special guest talking about creating the opportunities and how do you pivot during times when things don't necessarily go your way. We had an entire pandemic that's uh, still going on um, in which entire industries started to fold, the hospitality and travel industry. But then you have to think about it from the perspective of what other places flourished at that time or how did this industry quickly have to pivot in order to still have a place you saw all of these things of being um socially distanced igloos having outdoor um seating having delivery service delivery services lost they fucking mind this time okay because they were out and about and making it work so that resilience when it comes to having to quickly pivot is so important i think it is difficult for people sometimes to understand that life isn't linear. There's gonna be ups and downs, peaks and valleys and all this stuff, but that is never a reason to give up. You can feel bad, you can take a break, you can you know, sit this one out a little bit, but understand that when you're preparing yourself to go after something you want, you need to prepare for these moments. It's not being pessimistic. It's simply saying, how do I pivot when these uncertain times come up? Do you have a safety net? Meaning, um, let's be honest about the balance in them coins, honey. Financially, are you living like paycheck to paycheck? Are you living, you know, month to month? Are you overspending? Do you have a little bit of wiggle room in case things don't happen the way that you want them to? Because Uranus and Taurus, this is that seven year thing that I was going to say seven year itch, but I was like, ah, I don't know if that's the most appropriate reference. But this seven year energy, the last time we had that was when um, was during the Great Depression. Um, and what that is teaching, uh, and I'm not saying that there's going to be a great depression. I'm simply saying that money, uh, in what you have in your self-worth, both, uh, internally and externally comes into an examination. That means you can't have no eighth house stuff. You cannot have debt. You have to get rid of your debt first. You need everything <laughs> paid in full. My friend paid in fucking full you have to have all of those things because that's what that energy is and i promise you if you're able to do these things at this time you're just gonna take off why because whenever something uncomfortable hits you you're gonna be able to get to the next side no problem really just staying at it and sticking to it so you have to make your own luck and the only way to make your own luck is to be disciplined in what you want do the research find out if the path is what you need to do you do that path and you learn how to pivot when shit don't go the way that you want it to and just keep at it for me personally I'm a very analytical person so I will be looking at all these stats all the time. I'll be analyzing like this and that and da 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 da. And then I told myself, sit your fucking ass down. <laughs> like I literally told myself that. I'm like, sit your ass down. Just do what you need to do. And then look at it from a bigger picture. Because though I like to be analytical, I am very much so a big picture person. And I don't believe in micromanaging any fucking thing. You know, I believe in getting a routine, sticking to it and trusting it. And sometimes when things don't go your way one day, you might feel like, oh, I need to quickly change. No, just stick with the plan. And once you have that time of looking back and like reflecting, then making movements. Okay, y'all. 
I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all those who have been consistently listening or hopping in and listening, but hopefully consistent listen, consistently listening. This has been such a rewarding experience for me because it allows me to have a conversation with you in a much different way. Um, I am an energy healing practitioner. I love to talk about these things, but I also feel like it's appropriate to talk about life, every aspect of life love, family, uh, money, um, life, uh, systemic stuff. All of this is so important. And I just love that this is the community in which we're able to have this conversation. Thank you to all who tagged the podcast. Yes, I pay attention to you. Thank you for all um, the voice uh, notes that I have been getting. Uh, I really appreciate that. Now, if you're sending me a note, you might end up in an episode, okay? Because uh, y'all are too cute out here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I just really appreciate this opportunity. And... If you want to be on the podcast, reach out to me. Drop a line if you want to spend some time. Don't be afraid. You don't have to be um, already established. You can just have an idea or you could be pivoting and things like that. I talk to people all the time and I'm like, come be on the podcast. (laughs) Just come, come be on the podcast because I think we're all in different places. And you might be really established in one area and just new in another area. You don't have to be perfect. You know, it's okay to be a novice at times, but everyone has a story and a story that's worth sharing. So thanks for coming by. I really appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. If you are really enjoying the gems being dropped, screenshot the podcast and tag me, Jet Lachey, J-E-T-L-A-S-H-E-A on Instagram and or Twitter or on your socials, y'all. I'll holla. Welcome back to our soul segment, Stories of Empowered Living by Empowered People. We have a special guest today. Welcome, special guest. Hey, guys. What's up? Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Alicia Ripley. I am a author, screenwriter, actor, um, just all over entertainment and I work, you know, I work for clients as well, doing different writing and PR. And I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, but I've lived in New York City, LA, Hawaii, all over the place, DC. And really excited to come on and, and talk today. What's up, guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. So we got a whole lot of that. <laughs> we, <laughs> we got so much. So you say you do writing currently as well for, for clients? I do. That's like my day. I have like short term and long term. That's my day job. I was going to ask you how you you got into that because I'm a strong believer that a lot of people don't know how to write. So it is so vital. Texting does not help that because if I see one more person write you as in you with the letter, it's like, Uh oh, no, people are doing that on like professional forms now. Yes. It's bad. Um, and, it, and it's so interesting because like uh, all of these like, you know, people who go into write textbooks and things like very like scientific people, a lot of them, I'm not I'm not going to assume all of them, but quite a bit of people are talented in one way and may not necessarily be a great writer. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, you know, it, well, people ask me this a lot, especially when they come to my book signings or book appearances um, or like parents whose kids want to write. They'll say, how did you know you wanted to do it? How did you get into it? Um, It's one of those things I really do believe in fate and destiny, the universe, God, Mm. whatever people believe in. 
Um, there's a path for, I, I think everyone, but especially people, I think create what I call creatives because mm -hmm. you can go to school. Like I went to NYU for graduate school, mm -hmm. um, got my MFA there and that helped, but you can't really, you can't teach imagination. You can't teach creativity. It's just bubbling out of some people. Mm -hmm. And I was a movie obsessive. Um, so mm -hmm. I knew that writing was always it, it kind of picked me rather than me pick it and then we'll pl plug your latest movie okay well guys <laughs> if, if it could come out anytime um you can see me as a very plucky very scared waitress in a quiet place part two which i believe is now scheduled for this coming september if all goes well it's been pushed back a few times due to covid and then I have two other films that are going to be coming out, both thrillers. I don't know how this, this happened, um, but you can definitely, I'll give you my contact info at the end so that you can stay up on those. But writing, what I'm doing right now is I screenwrite, I wrote books, I have mm. four books out, and now I'm moving towards scripts because I knew that was what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of women and also um, people that weren't technical. I didn't mm -hmm. know how to direct. I thought it was a guy's thing. I thought it was, mm. you had to be a cinematographer to be able to direct. And mm. I'm realizing now through being on these sets and through working and going to film festivals that I do have the skills necessary to do this. You just have to know who to hire for skills mm. you don't have. Um, but writing, you know, I, I, I got published at 15, which was a, a weird fluke. Very cool. Yeah. It, you you have to tell us the story. <laughs> you know, I will. And and luckily, this is a no-holds-barred program because it's a little bit of a of an off-color thing. I went to an all-girls private high school, which was a okay. wonderful institution, wonderful, wonderful teachers. Um, but they saw that I had this talent and there was a some kind of like a, a contest and you were supposed to be 18. I was 15 and they sent my story in and it won and it won everything. Wow. And I, I was published. And what they ended up doing for me that was so fantastic was because as a writer, I, sometimes you have to start early in a sense. I, or, or I say earlier doesn't hurt. Like the more you keep writing and mm. keep sending things out. So the, the off color part of this is that here were these teachers at this prestigious all girls school who were well into their sixties and seventies. And they started submitting my, my work. They'd say, could you write a crime piece? That's like this many, <laughs> this many, you know, words. And I'd say, yeah, sure. I guess for a contest. Well, no, this was for like girly magazines that used to exist. Wow. Back then. I don't even know if they have these girly magazines anymore, but these things paid like they, they would pay a hundred dollars for so many words. Time out. Now I, now I have to ask you a question. Who got the money? <laughs> oh, I got them. I got, girl, you know, I got paid. I didn't know if they were playing you. If they... <laughs> no, they didn't. They gave it to me. So, you know, my friends are all like working up at Dairy Queen and I'm getting money from like perfect 10. Like they'd send like a check and, you know, that it looks so, so cool. It looks shady though. I'm going into my English department office and my teacher's like, here, they sent this to you. But, I got to give them credit. Like these people realized, you know, wow. regardless of the subject matter, they wanted great stories. They knew I could do it. And, and I was making money and I mean, the, the, so, yeah, I, I can see why you say it, it, it was faded because all of those who came together to act as a bridge right. for you uh, and just allowed your talent to shine. And also I can only imagine how getting that validation early on, especially for your creativity uh, helped to kind of 
start the path along of like, okay, I think this is where, where I'm going to bring the most value into the world. Oh, exactly. Especially when I got to graduate school. Cause then when mm-hmm. you're with this real competitive environment, um, top notch too. Yeah. You know, they got everybody <laughs> in there that was good. You had to keep reminding yourself, you know, a lot of them wanted to write similar types of themes and things. And I was very different. So I had to keep telling myself, girl, you've been doing this now for more than 10 years. You've got Mm -hmm. this. You're here to keep getting better. Keep, you know, strengthening your editing. Um, But you're right. It did give me a very strong validation that that is what I, what I was supposed to do and that it was a bit of a special talent. Um, So that's how I fell into it. And then, you know, I just kept doing it and doing it through college. And then, of course, grad school where you had to, you know, write your first novel. Mm -hmm. So that's how that came about. And I I, my theory was I'm going to write books. Here's the the irony is writing books is so much more difficult than writing scripts. Well, tell us about it. (laughs) It's like, you know, for anyone interested, I, I thought I was taking the easier route by let's, you know, get some intellectual property out there let's get my name out there let's book tour but books take a long time there's no getting around it books take especially if you have to have a day job making money Mm. writing your hustle you know for other people um each of my books i have one two three novels out in one Mm -hmm. one memoir i mean these books took years each and that's no exaggeration and and by the time then it would come out then you'd book tour i was very fortunate to be able to do Barnes and Noble or go anywhere and do it and amass some fans, but they were time consuming. My goal was to get them turned into films. Mm. So I guess I did it the right way. I did get my name out there. When I got to LA, they took me seriously because not everybody can write books, but I guess everyone out there had some kind of script. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a good foundation. But when I made the decision in 2020, all this happened this year, that I was uh, gonna move forward and 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 write these scripts because uh-huh. I had that discipline of doing the hard. Say it again. First. Pay attention, y'all. Say it again. All about the discipline, guys. It's all about the work. Whatever you are trying to make happen, it is about the work. And when you put in that work, then all of a sudden things get to be easier. It's like a, a muscle. I actually heard, I thought of you because I re- saw an episode lately of Criminal Intent, the old Law and Order Criminal Intent. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my favorite actor, Vincent D'Onofrio, went on there as the mm-hmm. character and he said, when people aren't allowed to do what they're meant to do, they go a little crazy. So you have mm. to get yourself in the position to catch the ball when someone passes it. You have to do the work so that then when you get the opportunity, you are ready to fly. Because so many people think that, and I I noticed this a lot when people are very interested in kind of the energetic spiritual community things that are kind of like, how do I be more in control of my life and how do I make my dreams happen? And I always say that there's a lot of the, you know, energetic acts aspect is really very practical. Like you can make sure that you are in the right place, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you have to, if you want to find the love of your life, you got to put yourself out there. You can't be in your house. If you, if you want to build the business of your dream, you have to do the work. And I mean, you have to consistently do the work, whether it's good, bad, or what I kind of consider most of the time, which is like, 
boring, you know, just yeah. keep on doing, keep on doing, keep on doing, keep on doing. And I think it's so fascinating that you are talking about books because I've seen a surge of people just wanting to tell their stories and wanting to write. And I've seen quite a few companies who were um, offering uh, people who don't come from a writing background support in putting their book together and things like that. So it's so amazing that you already have this through your natural training in life, through your professional training as well in school, putting this together and how it's laying and laid the foundation for the the year that you have that's exciting yeah it's it kind of took me by surprise because when I'm trying to think I filmed the movie in 2019 and there was a moment on that movie um you know because after I went to NYU I went to the Strasbourg Theater Institute I was doing a lot of stage um I went to LA just briefly I'll tell you I was there, of course, but see, I felt like I was almost cursed by God in the universe because I felt I was so (laughs) unlucky. Like I was moving to LA, Mm. I was going to act, but I was going to write. I had connections lined up a little bit. I I am not playing with y'all. I get off the plane and the girl who I was going to live with picked me up and she asked me, did you happen to see the news today? And I said, well, no, because I've been flying cross country. And this was in uh, 2008. So cell phones weren't like even as good. I think I had a flip phone. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? What was on the news today? And she goes, um, there's a huge Hollywood writing strike. Like mm-hmm. there's a writer's strike. Like, nothing is being greenlit and nothing is moving forward mm-hmm. and all jobs have stopped. So I was like, I can't believe I waited my whole life and now I can't really do anything. So I had to find a way. I started doing writing for a girl in my apartment complex who, Mm -hmm. um, this is just what I mean, guys, by hustle. Like, if you put it out there and you talk to people and you explain what it is you want to do, there really are people that will help you. Whether you're putting it online, whether you're talking Mm -hmm. to people around, but you've got to let people know what you are good at and what you want to do. This, mm-hmm. it was the funniest thing. This girl from the South had some company. She was some fashion person, but she also rented out Escalades and she tagged closets. Now I looked at this girl's brochure and it looked like she was running a prostitution ring. Like if you, if you read this thing, it was like, we will come to your apartment, make every dream come true. I said to this girl, you can't have this wording. Like this has to be completely rewritten. So I said, you're lucky you haven't gotten arrested. So she, uh, she gave me the job of, of doing all her PR and her writing. And that gave me money money to live on. And I became a lighting double, um, on some movies, uh, that Mm -hmm. had been, you know, been, been greenlit. So I found my way that way, but you really do have to put it out there. And so then, you know, I had done a lot of stage, I had written things, but when the moment was when I got on the quiet place set, which was mm-hmm. the largest set I'd ever been on as an actor. Other ones I had been a lighting mm-hmm. I was on this movie. It was an action sequence. And the whole camera was all on me. It was a scene where I had to react to something that was happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, John Krasinski, who a lot of you guys know from The Office, he directed it. He's, he is in it. He came over and directed me. And we had this great time together. And when I started crying on, on screen... When it was done, he said, cut, print, we're done. That was excellent. And he was like, how did you know how to do that? And I said, because, John, I've been preparing 20 years to be able to do what I just did for seven minutes for you. And I know, that's right. It was like... It, I came prepared. I came prepared. and But like when I worked with him is when I knew 
you can do this. Like, this is what you were supposed mm. to do. Um, so from then on, I said, you know what? You know people from film festivals. You've made some contacts with, that you didn't have in the past. I just started asking questions to people about what I didn't know, which was budgets, hiring, union, mm. all the practical stuff that I didn't know. And now I'm able to, you know, move forward in a way that I wasn't before. So 2020 kind of really hit me like like a ton of bricks, but in a positive way. There was all this negative stuff going on with politics and COVID, but it gave me an opportunity to focus because I couldn't go anywhere and I wasn't distracted because guys, I have FOMO worse than anybody. If, <laughs> if there's something going on, I gotta be there. So it's, it gave me the time to focus and I got a heck of a lot done. Um, and so I, I feel better about where I am now than ever before. That's super cool because when you were giving this perspective of 2008 and that happening to you for the first time of like, whoa, I have, you know, the stars are aligned and then you yep. get there in this big thing and it's like, what do you do? But then, you know, go in the future to what, um, uh, 2020 where it's similar, different scenarios, but a similar thing in which a lot of people's lives halted. Here it is. The year became so great, be a part of because what the beginning foundations of what was laid back then is now like, you know, the momentum that pushes you through. And it's to your point where you're like, Hey, I just had a couple, I had a moment to really sit down and be like, okay, you know, what am I going to do? How's this going to happen? And wow, that's really cool. You know, usually I have a lot of questions and I'm like, I'm just listening. I'm excited. <laughs> I just, I always tell people, you know, be it, you gotta be, I like that you ask questions. I like that you are saying to ask questions and ask what you don't know. Because I think a lot of times people will try to do the things that they are not talented at. And that takes, it makes them, it takes longer for them to get where they want to go. So like when you're talking about, okay, well, let me actually find these other things like budget or let me find these, you know, uh, what is it like union and stuff mm -hmm. like that? Or even the transition from doing, you know, writing books, novel work, to going into, you know, um, scripts, totally. Yeah, scripts. Yeah, I have yeah. To, you have to do it because, and if you don't, I think what happens is what happened to me earlier in life, which was fear. And mm. if you don't just ask questions, you get stuck in this mentality of, oh, I don't know how to do that. Maybe I need to take classes. No, you don't need to take classes. You just need to ask a question. Mm. You just need to get around like-minded people. like. I had a friend, yep. it was as simple as this. I asked him, he's written quite a few films that have come out in the theater. I said mm -hmm. to him, what do I have to do? And he goes, get Fade In, the screenwriting program. You'll learn it within a day. And also he goes here for uh, writing a TV pilot. You know, it's this many pages. If you're writing a feature film, it's this many mm. that's all. I know the, yeah. Know the format. Yeah. That's it. That's mm. all I needed to know. And I knew that I had the strength to bring it alive and make the dialogue great. But I, you know, I had a, an audition yesterday and I'm now, that's my other big, Thing I suggest to people find like-minded people find yep. people that are in your position or a little bit more successful so that mm -hmm. they can help you and you can bring something to their table um, people with growth growth mindsets yeah. oh it, okay this was the perfect podcast to do after yesterday because the director of the film wants to bring me in now 
to a group mm -hmm. of people similar so we can all either act or help in some way in, in our productions. And he yes. said, let's meet next week on Zoom and, and tell me what project you want to focus on and how I can how I can help. And he said, because it has to be people that are mentally at a vibration. He used the word vibration, mm. mentally at a vibration that they are ready to do this and do it seriously. Yeah. Um, and that was my problem for a long time. I could not find like-minded people mm. that were my level or levels above me that I could learn from. And then I, it's like all of a sudden it manifested. It that happened. makes a lot of sense because with, now I'm going to throw some astrology. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> with, with Saturn moving out of Capricorn and going into Aquarius and Aquarius having that energy sign of the humanitarian, but the collective, the group, it's like people are finding their communities, you know, mm. Saturn is still about the hard work of bringing the future you want into your life. But it makes so much sense that for the next and it, that's what happened, you know, on the the on December 21st, all of those like planets were shifting in a way and so it's just so fascinating that for the next like two and a half years we're going to have that Saturn the planet of discipline in Aquarius which is that planet of you know the collective and so discipline through that collective experience is going to bring the future that you want so it it sounds like excellent timing and I think that that <laughs> That is so cool. That is so cool. It re I really felt a lot better. I felt like a weight was off and um, I really needed to have some forward motion and some growth and a little bit of stability because I was, you know, all over the place for so long. And then finally, I felt like somebody said, here's the key. Like, you know, you, you know how to use it. You just didn't have you to see it's go. like you see the opportunity and it's because that you yeah. had all of these other things that you had to go through to get there. Someone else might look at the opportunity and, you know, look at it in a different way. But you see like, oh, there's so much value here because mm -hmm. it's going to put me in this position that I need to be put in. Also, I would ask you, you know. How can you talk more about fearlessness and being a creative? Because I mean, that's one of the most intimate things a, per a person can do, you know, yeah. want to want to be paid and have people interact with them for their creative abilities for, you know, whatever that is. So I know there's a lot, a, a ton of rejection. Um, I think the entertainment industry is notoriously problematic and people are, are fine with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you go about um, navigating for those who are listening, who are creative, whether they are in a similar situation as you of uh, uh, wanting to be more um, in this particular industry or just putting yourself out there when there is rejection, when there's uncertainty, when things aren't as uh, like molded as like, oh, I want to go be an accountant. So mm -hmm. let me go to this school oh. and let me do it. Yeah. Yeah. I call that the ABC route of life. Um, people that have jobs that can be great jobs, but there's an ABC route. So if you want to be a doctor, you go to school and you take the tests and then you go to, you know, your internship and then you become what you become for what I wanted to do. There was no ABC route. And that mm. was so frustrating to me as a really young person yeah. because I was disciplined as a student. So if you told mm. me do this, work hard, I had a nice, you know, friendly personality and but there was just so much and you know also too every time i came up in these industries things changed so if mm. i would have come up in the 80s technology things stayed the same for a while but when i mm -hmm. graduated 
See, I graduated from NYU in 2003. And at that mm-hmm. time, publishing was changing. So yeah. now yeah. people yeah. were <laughs> like self-publishing and everybody wanted to do sex in the city books about girls and relationships and drinking. And then, mm-hmm. you know, here you have me with this like really intricate kind of relationship action plot with like time travel, you know, and I had all these people telling me, and I was young, I was like 25 years old. Mm-hmm. All these people in the industry were like, you're a great writer. The book is great, but nobody's going to read this. This is for high common denominator. People aren't interested in this kind of thing. It constitutes thinking. And I said, yeah, but people who like to read books, as long as it's engaging and like a fun ride, they will put in the work. Every, everyone said no. So so then that would make me ask you, what do you do as a creator or at that time as a creative person, a person um, putting your work together, what do you do when you have such an idea that the people or, you know, maybe right there in the moment, people aren't ready for it, but you are the one who is the bringer of it. How much of juggling, giving, you know, the industry what it wants, which is the status quo, and also bringing something new that would be spectacular and interesting? I think it was a combination of, I had an insane belief in in myself because Mm. I had been watching movies and reading books for so long. So say Mm -hmm. say 20 something years. Mm -hmm. And I knew how much people loved the type of things that I loved and that I loved to Mm -hmm. write. And so my view, and it could have just been, I always tell people too, always have a certain degree of naivete keep a little bit of naivete Mm. as well because it's it's a buffer so if Mm. if you believe and if you're sitting there going nope um you know if 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 spielberg didn't believe that jaws was a fascinating Mm. story uh and and if he just listened to people saying the shark is never gonna work nobody right (laughs) no one cares my my favorite movie wouldn't have ever been made and and all my favorite books like you know my work had more in common with my favorite books than what the people were saying Mm. was big on the market so my theory was i knew it was well written i knew it was unique and and besides believing just in me I believed in the people. I believed mm. in the audiences that could be reading this book more than I believed in the non-creatives who mm. whose job it was just to try to get a deal. Um, mm. They just want a sure thing. And I believed that people, the, the actual readers were ready for the book. How much of is it, how much of it, words, how much <laughs> of it is risk is risk-taking for you? How much of your process when you're working on things uh, requires risk taking? I would say it does take a a bit. Um, The books and the scripts are a little bit different, but with the books, um, it's it's risk taking because there's money that's involved with it for Mm. for all different reasons. There's money I put into it, there's money they put into it. Because Mm. when I started, um, is when book tours were starting to slow down because they were very expensive. Mm-hmm. But I knew I wanted to treat it more like being a musician that was touring versus an author, because I knew if I could get in front of the people, if I could have them see the beautiful cover of the book, if mm-hmm. I could talk, then people would, um, I'm sure, forge an interest. And so I put some of my own money in it to go travel to different cities my friends lived in and tour constantly. So there was definitely yes. a, a risk, like you're putting money up 
and then you're spending time, uh, time and energy trying to promote. But I think I just had such a belief that it was going to find its audience and that the, mm. the first book was going to be a stepping stone to something else. It's yeah. definitely risk, but you can't think of it like that. You have to think of it as it's just the, the process. It is just the process yeah. of what I'm doing. Yeah. So tell me how it feels to be a uh, business owner, solopreneur. What is it like collaborating with others? I feel like you you gave uh, us some of that when you were talking about this new space that you were going mm-hmm. in. But what what is it like for the, honestly, from the financial aspect? Because there's probably quite a few people listening who are like, I really want to do this. I'm so freaked out. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to be able to support myself. I don't even know where to start or what to invest in. How do you, how did you uh, find your process of uh, navigating, you know, making your creativity, mm-hmm. your world, but also still being able to afford to live well, I, <laughs> and, and eat? Yeah. I tell people I'm like kind of a one trick pony. Everything I do is based in in writing or engagement of some kind. So I had Mm. to. Your niche, like your area, your area of expertise. Yes. Everything is like either PR speaking on behalf of people talking social media or then the films and the scripts. But what I found the day to day um, for people that want to write, I tend to write posts on LinkedIn about this as well. You have to figure out like in my heart, for my day job that I, when I write for clients or um, speak on their behalf or do their social media or promote them, I do it because not only do I need money, but I do it because it's another way. I'm always looking for a, another way to show my skills to diversify, Mm -hmm. but as strange as it might sound, you really, really connect to your work best and function and succeed when it comes out of a place of helping others. And I know that sounds Mm. crazy at times to people, but the work I do as a solopreneur for my clients is everything from, I will write blogs on their um, behalf. I'll write on LinkedIn on their behalf. I will revamp resumes and cover letters because I see resumes and cover letters that do not well represent what these people do. And I do interview prep questions for them. I will do their social media, but I do it because I look at somebody and go, this person is great. I need to make them stand out so that other people Mm. see what I see. And a lot of times people have a resume and I try to diversify. So a lot of times I do, um, I, I do different healers. I do musicians. I do actors, authors, but I did a banker recently, the head of sales for a huge mm-hmm. bank. And I was a little nervous because I said, oh, God, I don't know anything about this you know, career. And I said, wait a minute. She's going to tell you all of her wins. You don't need to know about her career. Give her a questionnaire asking her questions about what she mm. loves about the job. What does she love about helping people? Um, and I was able to, to create this for her. And she ended up getting a whole new position in the bank. So for me, it comes out of. So if y'all need that resume looked at. Yeah, it's so important because things have to make you shine to others. And so I find that the work that I do, especially for as a solopreneur, it works. Like sometimes I'll just be like, oh, I hope I can get another cool client soon. Literally today, I thought I was doing errands. 
I said, oh God, I hope I can get, you know, another diverse client soon, someone different. Somebody wrote to me through my LinkedIn. It, I mean, it was like I manifested it and it's because I've been putting myself mm. out there, writing the posts, telling people, mm. getting testimonials. Guys, that's my advice too. Please get testimonials about the work that you do because it makes you yep. stand out. Let people talk yep. about what you did for them. So, you know, it sounds hippy dippy to people, but it's true. If you want to help others, if you really want to be of service, you will connect to the best clients for you, the best collective for you, and the best opportunities for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes so much sense. It, it it gives this you know this feeling of like what you put out there matters, and also when you know uh, like the listener or for I'll give myself let me, let me speak for myself. Yeah. When I'm Googling something, I'm typically not all the time Googling like, oh, I, I want to just know about this person unless it's like, you know, I'm listening to true, true crime and I need some background story. But mo most of the time it's like I'm Googling an answer like, how do I you mm -hmm. know, fix fix the this or this or that? And so kind of what you're sharing, which is like how to help others is to bring value to other people's life. And even the way that you are communicating for this particular area, everyone needs some way of making money or some way of connecting um, to some type of group or some type of employment. And here it is you bigging someone up and showing someone how special they are through that resume because a lot of people downplay themselves like they'll do something fantastic and they're like eh, well I don't know yep, yeah, totally it, it, need, mm -hmm, it needs that outside person to come in and to really do all of that and when you were saying get the testimonials I'm like yep 100% social proof it's like how many times do I pick up something based off of the reviews and what are people mm -hmm. saying you know what it it, it, it definitely helps um, with the process and growing the business and and growing that kind of following afterwards so that people start to come to you organically. But yes, I, I feel like all of that is uh, definitely something that you are dropping them gems, girl. <laughs> um, let me ask you, where do you see yourself or where would you like to be in the next five to 10 years? I would like to be, let's see, I would... Ideally, what I would like to be doing is being a full-time filmmaker. I would like to nice. be writing. I would I would love to do all of it. I will act in anybody's project. I will help write anybody's project. I do a lot of script doctoring for people. Um, but ideally, in five to ten years, I would like to be recognized as having product out that I've written and directed. Um, and ideally, been in as well. Uh, can put myself into some projects. But I would like to be someone who my name is known enough where people would like to work with me and see my work. And, and that's really mm -hmm. it. I would love to be a, a, a filmmaker for film and television. Um, limited, I love limited series. I wrote something, episodes, mm -hmm. you know, each something for like HBO, Netflix. But I would like to have my name. It's, I try to keep it as simple as possible when people ask me that question. I would like to be a known filmmaker who has written and directed, who other people enjoy and would like to work with. Mm, I love that. And could you give the listener one takeaway or a piece of advice sure. based off of all of your uh, reflections in your very, very unique path that you have come to have? I would say 
I would say, and this is making me laugh a little bit because my hometown football team uses this as their tagline. And every time they do it, the Buffalo Bills, it makes me like kind of laugh, but it is true. (laughs) Guys, everyone, if you're in a creative job, you have to trust. If you're working hard, if you're trying to plan as best as possible, but leaving room for opportunity, trust the process. Mm. Everyone's process is different. Do not, you know, and and this goes for social media too. Guys, please stop comparing your real life to other people's highlight reels. It's dangerous. Mm. It's depressing. It isn't good for your soul. It's not good for your productivity. Remember people post things that make them feel good about themselves. They're not posting about when they get a rejection letter or their significant Mm. other has a fight with them. So, you know, keep yourself realistic that you're only seeing what people post purposefully and If somebody got a break 10 years ago and is now five steps ahead of you, don't compare their middle to your beginning. There's a process Mm. for you. It will find you in the right time as long as you are being proactive. You're looking for opportunities. You're finding like-minded people. You're putting yourself out there. But there is a process in the universe, I believe, where things happen for a reason, and you have to trust it. I know that's right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing this space um, and sharing your experience and just dropping all these gems. Can you repeat your uh, information so that we know how we can um, support you and and, uh, go see what you are doing? Also, I'll put their information in the description of the podcast. Sure. Um, So my name's Alicia Ripley. And I have a website that is www.aliciaripley.com, which has everything you guys might want to know. It has blogs. It has all of the magazine articles I've written, um, acting things. Anything you could want to know is on there. If anyone needs me for any work, all the different things I do are also on there. But for people that love Instagram, I am huge, huge, huge on Instagram. And my handle is talented. Ms. Ripley. So T-A-L-E-N-T-E-D-M-S-R-I-P-L-E-Y. And I'm always dropping nostalgia, updates, fun stuff, everything on there. That's super cute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for stopping Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful. I do not take it for granted that you took your time out and you listened and you vibed with me. If you had any feelings that came up like, oh, I resonate with that. Reach out to me, you know, send me a voice memo, you know, via email or, you know, like DM me or, you know, um, send me some stuff on Twitter. Let me tell you, I'm a, I am I figured out other social media, but I like just started on Twitter. So I don't know what the fuck I'm, I'm doing in there. I really don't. I don't. So, you know, whatever uh, Twittering uh, that um, you need to do, you know, send it out to me. And I appreciate that because let's keep the conversation going. I'm here to collaborate. Like I'm here to like facilitate a space in which people who want to like build this community, build like, you know, their own things that they know that they're supported. So if you're nervous and you don't feel like anyone has bought into what it is you're trying to do, reach out to me and like, I'm gonna big you up (laughs) and let's just do this and make this happen. And so my intention is to inspire you to be your authentic self and build community around those superstars out there, you (laughs) doing the damn thing 
and making an impact regardless of if it's big or small. You matter and you are valued. So make sure you big yourself up first and continue to come back to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you go to listen to get your inspo. I'm on it, child. So I'll see you next Monday.